0: Hashtag blessed. It's Sensory Overload. I'm John.
1: And I'm Allie.
0: It's Thanksgiving, you all. So we're here to tell you how fucking grateful you should be that we're here.
1: We're going to be here in your ear comforting you, knowing, letting you know that you're not alone in whatever it is that you're going through. We, we're We're right there. You look down... <laughs> You look down in the sand and you see only one fair pair of footprints because we'd be carrying you. <laughs> I came to play. I don't know what to tell you guys.
0: You can reach us at sensoryoverloadpodcast at com or you can go to sensoryoverloadpodcast.com and click on any of our social medias. All those uh, useful tweets that we have on, on Twitter. <laughs>
1: He's looking at me because I've not been tweeting. Oh, I was actually
0: looking at her because you know now that uh, we've got Musk Twitter, then you know I don't know what's going to happen. What's
1: going to happen on the Twitter? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Guess, we'll see. Guess
0: we'll see. But since we don't have much of a presence there, it doesn't really matter anyway, now, does it?
1: No, we're we have more of a presence on Facebook.
0: <laughs> uh, so one thing. That because uh, we were casting about for uh, topics for this month because we had no idea what to talk about this month. It's been, you know, because to be quite frank, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're in a decent holding pattern right now. Bethany's doing really well. We like her uh, teacher at school. Uh, we're enjoying uh, watching her grow as a young lady. She had an incredibly successful Halloween yet again, and she...
1: her first Halloween trick or treating with a friend.
0: Yes she did great. I mean, she went with her friend who is, A few years younger than her, and she was thrilled to be the big sis.
1: Yeah, and the and her friends' parents are very good friends of ours as well. It's all very sitcommy and cute. Um, And her friend is also on the spectrum. That's how we met. We were like set up via the ABA agency to be friends, and it actually worked. Um, So yeah, so that sort of leads us uh, in a way to our first threadcaster. (laughs) Is that a word? (laughs) That's that's, Um, it's our word now. It's our word. You're because we needed a thread. You're welcome, Webster's. If Webster's is still a thing.
0: And they, we needed a thread, and they provided it. Uh, yes, we'll, we'll keep it uh, anonymous for now. But they uh, dared us to explore the question: How do you form your own community? Because she had been, we had been talking about how you know, we have several, you know, we have our lives and, you know, we have our, you know, things that we do with our friends and we have things that she, Allie and I do together and we have things that we do separately. And, you know, we just have this, uh, you know, this setup, man. And uh, this person asked us, well, you know, how did you put that all together? Your, you know, the community that you've built around you, your friends and, you know, your, your, your supporters and whatnot and the answer is uh years of of work and toil and allie uh saying hi to every person that she's ever <laughs> encountered in life
1: pretty much john likes to joke that i collect friends i just think every single one of you is fascinating and i don't know why i said it sarcastic because i mean it truthfully because <laughs> you start <laughs> off
0: like that it's like i find you really fascinating <laughs>
1: to do actually um i do i think every person is fascinating it's a it's a writer's curse i really do think that although john's a writer and he doesn't think every single person is fascinating perhaps he's just better at reserving his energy i don't know <laughs> well
0: i mean the <laughs> or he's
1: slightly dead inside which one do you think it is babe
0: <laughs> oh def- mo- most definitely the dead inside if we're asking um how did we form our community well i mean it depends on which community you're talking about you know several decades before we had a child we were both sort of film community. We had a film community.
1: Yeah. Would you say that this question came from wondering where we, how we formed a community to support Bethany? Or do you think it was about just the idea of forming community? Well, I think at
0: the time we were talking about how you and I get to do stuff.
1: Oh yeah. With okay. our friends. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I think most of these, any, any way that we answer this show will be like, right. So how you make friends, well, but it's uh but I think For this podcast, I think one of the most important things to think about is just, you know, whatever it is that you're interested in. There's some other weirdo who's also interested in that. That's probably a very pleasant person to be around or at least, you know, fascinating. Like, for example, I have a good friend who is currently looking for a friend who is also obsessed with the former TV show it still lives in the world it's just not being made anymore um strangers with candy so if any of you guys are obsessed with strangers with candy I can hook you up with a a new friend so in other words there is literally somebody looking you know that has whatever your thing is they they also have that and want to that makes it sound like they have an illness um (laughs) But they, you know, you will find your people if you seek them out. And especially these days with the Internet, you can just put hashtags on things and be like obsessed with strangers with candy hashtag. And you will find somebody that is into that.
0: I mean, I don't know. That's
1: my roundabout way of saying, you know, be friendly.
0: Take risks. I don't know if we are like the on the older side of, you know, maybe people listening. Maybe you're all uh, youngsters maybe in your like late teens and, and you know you've stumbled upon <laughs> K- this.
1: kicking it with the sensory overload <laughs> yeah
0: kicking it with sensory overload. but my guess is most of you listening to this are like us and that you you know you had your kids you know uh, after you'd experienced things like the internet and uh, <laughs> you know you, you were allowed to meet people in the wild more than I feel like the modern day people are, especially since in the last few years uh so take all our uh, suggestions with a grain of salt because this you know was a more normalized world when we were building our communities but i do believe that when this person asked the question you know about communities they were you know it was specifically in reference to the fact that i go to my game nights with my friends i believe mm, uh which right. is this happened very early on when bethany was just a baby a friend of mine from work uh who i knew but not you know i only knew him from work we didn't hang out Uh, He asked if I wanted to uh, play board games with him and his friends. And I said, oh, well, that sounds fun. And, you know, I said to Allie, hey, would you mind uh, keeping tabs on the child yourself tonight while I go out? And she said, yeah, do that. And so I went and uh, hung out with this friend of mine and his uh, other friends, and we played a board game. And I hadn't really played a board game in years. And I had a lot of fun with it. And so... When he next said, Hey, we're doing another one, I was like, Oh, hey, I want to be in on that. And that sort of morphed into five of us kind of coming together, in the, the same five guys, sort of. And we all worked in the same place. So it was very easy for us to say, Hey, game night, let's do one. And the other three people would be like, Yeah, sure, let's do that. Yay. And so we would form these, you know, game nights every week or two. And it evolved organically from work friends. And so now they're, you know, some of my closest friends. And I, I was lucky in that Allie would say, you know, every week or two, I'd say, hey, would it be okay if I did a game night? And she would say, oh, yes, I will be the... the parent in charge tonight while you go out and have your board game and alternately there were many times especially when Bethany was a baby and luckily for me the other gents in this group did not have babies (laughs) most of them weren't even married at that point so I could uh, say hey could we meet at my house and they would say yes as long as we can play a board game and they would very kindly drive out to my house and it just became a thing that we did. And, you know, a thing that we and in, we, were, you know, all the guys were just very good about juggling the, well, this person needs us to have it at their house, you know, so let's all uh, meet in the middle and decide, and, you know, whoever needed it the most, we would just sort of do it you yeah know?
1: like if one of us one of their partners was busy that night or some things like that that would happen so you know it it's it's nice because because then it's also like the kids as everyone has had children not just us we were the we were the trailblazers of that group started having kids then all of the kids are Going to you know taking turns basically going to sleep at night listening to their dads and their friend and their you know you know their adopted uncles and we all go to go to each other's houses and have barbecues or play in the pool or, you yeah, know, I mean, it was re- you know, just do different things. Like the guys do game days on the weekends sometimes and bring the kids. And then uh, I take that time to have like a whole day to write. And it's just, it's just nice because it's all, we're all kind of together on it. The g- kids can have summer parties together and things like that. So it's been nice because that's like, uh, it's almost like her cousins. And we have a few other families that we're also extremely close with like that. They're just not part of the board game group, but they still yeah. join in on a lot of those same Hangs. Those are
0: more just, I mean, the reason I chose. Long
1: standing, long standing. Yes. I mean,
0: you know, we have a lot of different friends in different places and, you know, we go and see them as much as we can. And, you know, because we have, you know, younger kids than they do in a lot of cases, they will often come to us. It's just, it's, you know, it's the thing that you have to learn when, you know, your kid is diagnosed. And I know this is really difficult for some uh, parents whose kids have just been diagnosed. With autism or with anything else, it's hard to build that community because you're so tired and you're so you know uh, wiped out from having to figure things out, or you're
1: and you're worried about how people are going to look at you or your kid if they're going to be inclusive, if they're going to be accepting. Yeah, but it's not going to work out if you don't give them a chance, and it's also probably not going to work out if you don't do what we've talked about before, guys, which is to make sure that you. Um, you are unfortunately going to have to be one of the educators on all of these things. So, you know, just keep, you know, telling the people in your lives about it when they have questions, offering, offer them to ask you questions. And that's a big part of how you can build that community. So,
0: yeah. Well, the nice part about this particular group, was that they were, like I say, they didn't have kids yet. So they were, you know, looking to us as like, well, what is a parental relationship like? You know, what is it like to be married? What is it like to have a kid? And and so we had sort of a, a, a buy already because they were looking at us and, and we said, oh, well, not only do we have the first kid in this group, but we also have the first uh, special needs kid in this group. And, you know, other kids in this group have had other needs and not necessarily special needs, but they've had other things that come up in, you know, neurotypical land. And they've been able to take our experiences and say, oh, well, you know, John and Allie did this. Maybe we could do that or whatever. You know, it's.
1: Yeah, hopefully it's normalized it a little bit for some of our close friends so that they felt like they could, you know. They had people who would understand it and they, you know, they could have people to ask things about it. That's the other thing, too. If you're listening to this, chances are one of your biggest questions when it comes to community is finding other parents, other families that you can be friends with that will understand. Uh, And to that, I would just say just do not be shy. If you strike up a conversation, you know. Kicking it in the waiting lobby or something at the OT gym or at the OT uh, uh, yeah. clinic, you know, start talking to other parents if and you know, be kind to them, offer play dates if the kids seem to kick it, you know, to hit it off. And that's just what you do, you know, it's it's and also you can ask your providers to set up, set you up like, uh, like Bethany was set up with her bestie and one of my new besties. It's like, ask for that ask for sometimes I'll call them pairings which I think is really cute like it's wine and cheese but <laughs> yeah do all of that because that's part of how you make those friends in this sort of awkward situation of feeling sort of isolated and exhausted but wanting to be friends with people who get it
0: yeah and uh, the other half of I, I, the reason I brought up the gaming group specifically is not only you know is it an awesome group of people and they've been very inclusive over the years but as I tried to point out, one of the things that uh, I was allowed to do was to go out to do this like once a week, you know.
1: Or... He, sa- he says it like, allowed. Yeah, but we we, we we like to joke about that. But really, it's just like anything else. You're being considerate about the calendar. You're both looking at it and going, when's the last time you went out? And we've, yes. been, and we've each said this to each other over the years. Like, we'll catch the other one kind of staying home too much or not being around other friends as much. Like, I'll get a little work obsessed and he'll get a little like... I just want to work through, you know, watching the movies of this one particular filmmaker and not see the sun or other people. (laughs) And uh, we kind of catch each other on these things here and there and kind of make sure that the other one is like, you know, going to see buddies and doing an activity that they like. Making sure that we're kind of keeping ourselves a little bit well-rounded in terms of all the different sides of us that keep us happy and going.
0: Well, I think early on, too, you know, especially when Bethany was a baby, I think um, Allie was feeling... A little bit trapped at home, if I can. Oh, I was
1: yes, absolutely. I don't know how much we've ever talked about this on the podcast, but yeah, that those early years was it was rough. Like when I was, I think B was about six months old, and I started doing. uh, I just like remember walking into the office in the house and going. just lonely
0: (laughs) Well, I remember it very uh, distinctly she walked into the office I was working on something and she walked into the office and she said I think I'm going to join a mom's group and and she had never really expressed an interest in that before and I was like oh okay yeah sounds great and she said yeah because I'm just I'm incredibly lonely when you're not here and I'm like oh and then I, I hadn't quite realized the degree to which she'd been you know having this trouble and I was like oh well then by all means and then that also I think helped prompt me to be like oh well I mean you should go out then you should see your other friends and that was part of what I was trying to say with you know my gaming group I go out with my gaming group and then we try and have Allie go out with her friends you know and you know she doesn't necessarily have a single group that she hangs with to play, you know, it's easy when again, you have a focus. See, yeah.
1: Cause again, see the collecting friends, uh, comment. Yeah. I think because I have, I'm an incredibly fortunate person. I have a lot of good friends. I have a lot of interesting friends and they all have very, you know, various, you know, things that they're, doing and engaging in. And so it's like, I've got my very best girlfriends and I see them, you know, not as often as I'd like, but that still translates to usually about every other week or so, something like that. And then, um, I have a lot of filmmaking friends. So I end up primarily, you know, going to see films with them or working on films with them or reading, you know, doing writers groups and, and, um, reading each other's work and, you know, all these kinds of things. And it's just like, it's, you whatever you're interested in, you go and you try to seek those people and you help them. And then you ask for whatever help you need.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the and the the good thing about that story was she did join a mom's group. I did. It was very helpful, and it turned out that some of those people from that group are still some of her best friends.
1: Yeah, very very close. Like one of them, um, our our buddy Demona, who actually sometimes listens to the show if she's listening to it. Um, Hi, hi, shout out. Um, she is a sweetheart, and she has always been very loving and fun with us. She also like formed a. um, This might sound but a very life saving wine club Zoom over the pandemic that still has survived. <laughs> it was just really nice to always sort of see this, this group of folks. Um, most of whom i did not know before the wine club club zoom started but it was just a nice community thing that's a nice easy way too i think these days to maintain community when your schedules are crazy child care can be tricky if you you know you can you can also still don't forget the power of zoom like I, I know some folks are starting to be like no but we want to be in person and it's like yes absolutely but sometimes this is a nice tool let's keep yeah. it yeah i know? mean there's there are some you can friends socialize it's not just for work
0: there are some friends we have that live you know distances away that we can only zoom with and it's been a godsend in some ways it's like it's so I mean it's not the same as seeing them in person it it doesn't have the same energy but at least it's better than a text you know and I love texting my friends I, I do it all the time but it's not the same as seeing them in person and laughing to their face and you know just sharing a moment with them so if you have somebody you can zoom with perhaps that can be helpful
1: Absolutely. And it's also easier sometimes to fit in like, hey, if you want to check in with your friend or you want to like, for example, a lot of times with the filmmaking stuff or with writing, it's so much easier to set up like, okay, we can have an hour or two zoom. And that way people are not fitting in, you know, in LA where we live, it's like, you know, good luck to finding something that takes more, you know, anything less than at least a half hour, or 45 minutes to get to. So you're putting all this travel time into what should be, you know, a nice little, uh, efficient conversation. So zoom can be very helpful for that. Uh,
0: I was also going to get to the point that when, you know, Allie would take her turn going out, it was because I was, you know, ready and able to say, yes, it is my turn to stay at home with the child. And I know that sometimes there's not always an equal uh, distribution of, uh, uh, childcare, <laughs> amongst yeah. families uh, I'm trying to put it lightly but uh, um, a lot of you fellas come on now
1: be a parent you're not babysitting <laughs> you're a parent part, yeah.
0: part of being a parent is letting your spouse or girlfriend or you know boyfriend or whoever else uh, leave the house on occasion so uh, and yes and
1: handling it not just keeping the child alive but helping them thrive I know a lot of f- fathers who do that too where it's like oh yeah I'm so glad that you know you had fun going out I did nothing except sure make sure that the child you know ate and didn't die you know it's like no do the do the work while they're gone because part of part of the thing too is is like we've talked about this some on the podcast it's like even with our best intentions there's been plenty of times where i'm like taking on more than i should and partly because of my own thing you know where it's like no i'll take care of it i got it i got it i got it you know it's like just 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 let the other person help not help let the other person be your partner and trust them and fucking go out and have some fun and do yes. some other things. Find your other, you know, though, be with your other people.
0: Though counterpoint to, uh, just keeping the kids alive. There is great value in just keeping the kids alive as Irma Bombeck once put it.
1: Yes. I do like to quote that Irma <laughs> Bombeck, uh, quote often because I think it's good to remi- remind, yourself that ultimately it is okay to have a low bar sometimes, which is, you know, she said if the, when my husband gets home, if the kids are alive, I've done my job. Yes. So, um, obviously that was, uh, uh, <laughs> A bit antiquated itself a now. A
0: hilarious Bon Mott from Irma Bombeck uh, in the 70s.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes it's okay to just let your kids be alive. But, you know, like, that's part of it. I know a lot of moms that don't go out much because they feel like their husbands are not going to do, like, a thorough job of it. And, again, that's about being real partners, guys. And this is yeah. not a day all, at my all,
0: And all I'm saying is the dude who uh, can uh, easily take over for uh as the parent in charge without you know uh without something going completely wrong Uh, fellas come on now like (laughs) because i mean i get it i know that there's like you know some in a lot of cases it's like well the father has to work a lot of hours and blah, blah 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 and i get that i understand it's just that there's a lot of like i have to work a lot of hours too i work a job also everybody And so, yeah, I get I do get a little bent when I hear, you know, stories of like, well, they can't be there for their kids because, well, they just have to work a lot. And it's like, well, don't we all.
1: And also, like, don't their wives then? I mean, that's the thing is it's like as those of you who have been primary caregivers or have been the stay at home parent. It's like, no, you literally never stop working. And especially if you're a nut job like me and try to do another job at the same time that's like, you know, maybe not clear about the hours or the expectations or when you'll be paid. So then you're just or working just all the time. <laughs> really
0: difficult. You really difficult. It's really just, difficult. You lots. Didn't, you didn't pick an easy one. You didn't do no, data entry. You said, no. I want to pick one of the hardest things to get into. Man,
1: I'm happy for anybody who's listening to this that data entry was their passion because uh, wouldn't it be nice to have a nice, achievable, tidy, goal like that just data entry
0: but i mean i hope that this gives some idea of where i mean the magic of forming a community is you know uh make a lot of friends in your youth before you have kids and, then, <laughs> and make a lot of friends at your workplace you know wherever you end up working because i end up working at a lot of places so i end up making lots of friends from different venues i mean unfortunately the answer we have to give is be be outgoing
1: and if not outgoing then ask the few the people in your lives if you will if they have any if they have any recommendations i know that sounds sort of silly and weird but i've had some of my very favorite people that i've met and maintained you know are still friends with uh were set up as friend dates like remember <laughs> my friend kyle especially this was exactly what happened Are we have a mutual friend named solange and she basically was like this might be weird but um i have this friend kyle and i kind of to want to set you guys up on a friend date like <laughs> I know you're married he has a girlfriend it's not even like that but I feel like you guys would really get along and I feel like it's not going to happen if I don't just say hey <laughs> you guys should go have dinner or whatever and I was like okay so I told John I was like this may be weird but I think I'm going to go to the cheesecake factory with this random guy I've never met because and my I friend said, you
0: ain't going nowhere <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tie you up and this will become a lifetime movie
1: and Kyle and I straight up closed down like closed down the cheesecake factory that night because we just had so much fun talking to each other and we've just been like um we don't see each other all that often but when we do it's like that it's like hi we need to have a six hour conversation and we are always kind of like reading each other's stuff and just sending each other support he's a a a stand up and a comic and a podcaster you should listen to his podcasts which are include everything is scary and this is rad (laughs) um yeah so it's it's uh it's sometimes it's just it's nice to just be like hey you know what i think i know somebody that you would dig or like it's just like inviting a bunch of friends that you like to the same you know dinner or party or something uh just keep that stuff in mind and and i know that I mean, this is maybe, I mean, whatever, it's a sensitive topic. Everything on the show is a sensitive topic.
0: (laughs) There has been no easy topic.
1: Yes. that's why
0: it's hard for us to come up with topics.
1: Yes. Yes. I know a lot of special needs parents that feel they just get so isolated and so exhausted and so disillusioned with, you know, the system man and so forth. Uh, and being a parent is so tiring anyway that it's 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 all such a steep learning curve and it's so it requires it requires so much endurance and you're all superstars and then i think a lot of times people it just seems like so many of those same parents who are out there being superstars are then like Nobody really wants to, I'm sure nobody really wants to hang out with me. I'm boring now. And all I think about is this and all I do is this. Well,
0: I mean, that's part of, this is actually part of the topic we're going to be discussing in a moment, but it is that feeling that you're always talking about special needs that you're like, all I think about Mm -hmm. is the autism and all I think about is my kid and all I'm worried about is what's going to happen. You know, you, you feel like so obsessed with this thing, especially in early years, that you're like, how can I be interesting to be around? I mean, once I've done the song and dance like 16 times, how interesting can I be to my friends? Mm-hmm. And I get that feeling. You know? Yeah. And I, I mean, the only thing I can say to that is one, hopefully you have friends where like you can complain no matter what. I mean, hopefully your friends are close enough that they understand your concerns and your worries, and it's not gonna you know bring the house down every time. I I think there's a you know you know you're grownups. You can you know recognize time and place, and at some point say you know what tonight I'm just gonna listen to my friend talk about their dumb bullshit, and I'm going to pretend that I love each and every moment of it. I'm going to pretend (laughs) to be a normal person just because I need to be a friend. You can do that every so often, but I you know hopefully you have the kind of friends that you know we'll appreciate where you're coming from
1: yeah you know and I I think uh, unfortunately I think a lot of people do find out you know it is kind of one of those things where you find out who your friends are when you become a parent in general and then if if your kid has any differing needs that adds to that but I also would uh, caution y'all I feel like a lot of times folks get so exhausted in those early you know months or years that that if people disappoint them, they you know they're like one strike you're out, two strikes you're out. <laughs> yeah, give people true. give people a transition period. You had to have one too, so give them a little chance. Unless they just start saying heinous shit like God is smiting you, you know, or something like that, then you know, sure dump them out, <laughs> throw out the whole person. Yeah,
0: you don't need to be in an abusive relationship, <laughs> but you you know. You
1: but know. if they're just like you know asking questions that are not terribly sensitive, or you know trying to use platitudes or things like that, like give them some time you know, like give them a chance. But um yeah, I think it's just, I put, mean, your, put yourself out there. You need people. Your kid needs you to have people. Your kid needs people too. Um, yes. Yeah.
0: And this is, I mean, uh, one, one of the hardest things about building a community in our family is that, you know, a lot of kids by the time they're Bethany's age, start sort of seeking out their own friends mm, and they yeah. separate of their parents. And that's the expectation is that eventually you know, Bethany is going. You know, and this is probably will still happen. But eventually, Bethany is going to drift over to somebody who we don't know, and she likes it like that. You know, yeah. her, her friend life is separate than her family life. Um, unfortunately, either because of her, you know, autism, or because of her personality, or because of whatever. I mean, I was a very lonely kid up until a certain point too. I didn't have a ton of friends until like third or fourth grade, and then suddenly I inherited like a, a, a crew, and that was my group my hope is you know one day she'll go eh you know what I want a crew and then she'll you know join up with a gang and then they'll all start you know wearing matching jackets and carrying switchblades and then we'll be fine but okay. so but, she's
1: in the movie Grease but she's, she's the, the no
0: she's in West Side Story
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay we can't come up with anything better after that so now we're on to the next topic <laughs> yeah
0: uh, well and again if you have any questions about community or anything we've said then uh, go ahead and write us or ask us or go online or whatnot.
1: not tell, tell us how you found yours how you what are your what are your Weird specific strangers with candy esque uh, interests. Let us know what you do. What do you do for your time to- for your time away from your kiddo? Or you know, how do you form a community for your kiddo? Let us know all of that good stuff. I have a we have a good buddy who who um who goes uh, every weekend. Her and a bunch of ladies who love to to knit right, no quilt who love to quilt go and have a weekend where they just quilt together. So there is something for everybody out there guys <laughs> like go and chase your bliss yeah
0: yeah find find something i mean I got lucky in that you know, just people that were in my uh, gravitational pull happened to have a thing that I, I glommed onto. But I don't think I would have glommed onto it if I didn't like the people. So no. I got lucky.
1: And if you have a very clingy slash you know, f- sort of rigid child who you fear leaving because they will miss you so bad, they will. They'll learn to get through it. For the most most children do. I'm not going to say every kid, but most children do. Yes. They well, need I mean, they need you to have your community too.
0: They've had you know we. We've had rough nights when, especially when mom leaves. I mean, there's been times where I've left and she's not been mad about me leaving, but mad about something else. But
1: she's been mad about you leaving sometimes, but not as often. Not as
0: often. Usually as long as, you know, the connecting parent, the parent that she was literally connected to at one point in time (laughs) doesn't go too far. Then usually there's not as much trouble. But yeah, it sucks too when it's, when it's a hard night, but you know, Hey fellas, you can handle a, a rough night or Hey partners. I should say if you know, you're, you're the opposite partner. Uh, You can handle a rough night or two. I mean, yeah, nobody wants that, but, you know, come on.
1: Oh, man. Suck it up. Yeah, I saw this horrifying thing online the other day where it was like this woman posted a a TikTok or something where she was like, so my husband took our kid on a week-long trip and then three days in called me and said I had to fly out to join because he couldn't handle it.
0: See, that's just dumb.
1: I was like, there's so much wrong with that equation, I don't even know what to say.
0: I mean, I could handle my kid for a week. Well, and I, I would love to go with my kid for a week somewhere.
1: All right, Exactly. I think that'd be
0: awesome. That sounds great.
1: <laughs> yeah. Go do that. Um, but it's, it, it's, it's, I quit
0: my job. Goodbye.
1: I'm going. Um, yeah. Like I remember going on a trip with B by myself when she was very little. She was like 14 months, not like 14 months. She was 14 months because <laughs> this trip lives in infamy in my mind for a variety of reasons. But one of which was like, man, it was hard to travel for that long solo with the kid, but guess what? I did it because I have a brain in my head and feet in my shoes. So you can do it too.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, so as we sort of hinted, the other thing we were going to sort of touch on tonight is sort of <laughs> uh, why uh, the way I was going to phrase it is like, why are, are some of your episodes so long and why are some of them so short? It's It sort of goes hand in hand with the, uh, you know, picking a topic and the feeling like you're talking too much about the same thing over and over again that whole that whole deal because what will happen is a little backstory about you know how this works is we you know we talk for like hours sometimes and i think we've alluded to this we've thrown out whole shows before because we were like oh it's not what we want out of it it's not exactly the the tone we were going for
1: was it helpful a lot of what we're trying to do is make sure whatever we're saying could possibly at least be helpful
0: yes will it resonate and with not somebody just
1: venting. Yes. not just me shaking my fists at the sky
0: yes well it, yeah would somebody find it helpful even if we're complaining we like to think well we leave in the complaining when we think it might be helpful but a lot of it we take out a lot of the you know sometimes we will get sort of tangented on on frustrations or anger or you know outright bitterness and a lot of that ends up on the cutting room floor just because it's like it's not that it doesn't have its place it's just it doesn't feel helpful a lot of the time it just feels like again venting and but we wanted to bring it up because we know that a lot of parents with special needs kids feel that way that when you're you know talking in your normal life that suddenly you'll go off on a tangent And you'll start being suddenly much more bitter than you were 10 minutes ago about how things have turned out. And you can't always help it. And yeah, the
1: evils of bureaucracy are quite crushing.
0: Yes. I mean, you can't imagine how many hours of us complaining about Bethany's schooling situation have been cut out of this show because we've said it already. We said it. And once we've said it, it, you know, we try not to repeat ourselves too much because it just gets monotonous. But. Parents of special needs and parents, you know, in general, I know this is not necessarily limited to parents with uh, special needs kids, but I mean, we understand (laughs) why you want to censor yourselves. Because I know that a lot of you go out in public and this is part of the problem you have with forming a community is you're like, I don't want to talk about the autism. I don't want to talk about my anger. I don't want to talk. I don't want to be the person who vents frustration because I'm just so angry or alone or whatever else. And we get that.
1: But you got to put it somewhere. <laughs>
0: but you do. Ha- yeah. And we were just going to say just because we cut it out of episodes, we the reason we were bringing it up sort of on its own is, is to say that sometimes venting has its place. Yeah. And we wanted to bring it up at a time where we didn't necessarily have a specific vent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like last, uh, you know, not last uh, month's episode, but the month before that, I think the episode was like the shortest it's ever been. It was like 15 minutes long. And the episode did not the recording for the episode was not 15 minutes long the recording was like over an hour long but it ended up getting cut down to that because the rest of it was again just us going in a direction that wasn't helpful and you know I felt like well we should you know not torture people but let's uh, you know let's let's cap the anger but again we're trying to also uh, give you freedom to be angry
1: <laughs> yeah yeah like, it. it's you know I mean I feel lucky in that um, I'm a writer I write a lot of scripts that have to do with um, either directly or indirectly Um, my experience as a mom it's one of my chief writing themes and so I feel like I have this opportunity to as I like to joke put my rage on the page Uh, but I know a lot of people don't feel that way they don't feel like they're writers they don't feel like they have an expression form in some way and they don't want to put things on people even though I'm sure plenty of people put things on them you don't want to like dump on people all the time with, you know, whatever the hard thing is, but like, it's okay to talk about that. It's hard. I feel like that's one of the lovely things we're seeing. You know, one of the nice things social media has given us, I think, is this, uh, this empowerment for people to share hard things and make, hopefully make people feel less alone about that. Some things are hard. It's okay to admit that it does not mean you don't love your kids. They are Fucking delights! I'm so grateful for B every day, but of course it's like parenting is hard. Stop trying to act like it's not. It actually does everyone a huge disservice, especially the kids. Yeah. So you know, go out there and tell your truth, man.
0: <laughs> there, uh, a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine, very early on in B's diagnosis, um, you know, when I was still uh, coping with depression that was untreated, I started talking to my friend about. You know, how I felt about, oh, I just, I worry about her future. I worry about her, you know, how things are going to be for her. I worry about, you know, just worrying about down the line. And they uh, responded with, well, I, you know, if it's any consolation, I I, I don't worry. I, I think, you know, she's in good hands and I, I, you know, I don't worry. I think she's going to turn out okay. I think, I think and maybe they were trying to help me out and not necessarily talking about B specifically, and they were just trying to put my mind at ease, but the words that stuck with me were, I don't worry about her at all. And thinking about it later, at the time I was like, I was kind of angry about it. I didn't say anything about it. I I was like, I think they're trying to help me out. I think they're trying specifically to, like I say, not talk about B specifically, talk about me and how I should you know, relax a little bit because worrying about it like that much that early was not going to help anybody. Mm. But it was just the specific, the words that they chose, you know, fleetingly in a moment when they're trying to help me out, the words that they chose were, you know, I don't worry about her. And I'm like, and the the words I wanted to shout to the world were, well, isn't that your luxury? You know what I mean? It's like, Mm. you don't, you don't have to spend the next however many years helping, guide her. You don't have to you don't have to live with the failure if you get it wrong. You don't have to worry because you know, she's not your problem. And I was just like that, you know. Basically I was like that didn't help. <laughs> and it took me many many uh moons to sort of come to the conclusion. And again, I didn't say any in the moment I we just kept talking and laughing and you know, I just was cuz you know, you can't react for everything that you hear with a hair trigger, a, you know, which might be a suggestion for somebody. I don't know who who <laughs> needs to hear that. But just because your friend says something stupid and doesn't know it sounds stupid to you doesn't mean, A, that it's actually stupid or, B, that they meant it to be stupid. So yeah. uh, sometimes you can just hold it in and vent later. But, uh, yeah, it was just, it was one of those, and it's one of those things that stuck with me. And I've calmed down about it because, again, I think they were genuinely trying to, put me on a proper path they just you know whatever the choice of words just in the moment triggered me or whatever but it was one of those times that i was like man what i wouldn't give to just like unload right now you know what i mean what i wouldn't give to just tell you you know what i think of you know you not being worried it's like it doesn't help me you know what I mean?
1: It's hard to say. Like, it's like sometimes, yeah. It's like, is it better to freak out with your friend or is it better to try to, you know, reassure them? It's it, it's. I'm never good at that because I feel like I always want to just fix, and I'm <laughs> trying to get better at just being there with somebody in their hard time. You know. Well, I'm just trying but,
0: to observe this. I mean, I guess the point I'm trying to make maybe is that people can sometimes, you know, in in their. In their attempt to help, try and help you, they may accidentally say something that
1: again. This is not of course it's messy. It's It's like
0: not that they said anything wrong. It's not that their intentions were bad, or that you know this was just how I took a thing.
1: Well, you were so we were both but i mean you were you were you've always been the bigger macro worrier so it's like i think that was you were just so sensitive on that sort of topic you would get upset with me sometimes (laughs) if i wasn't worried enough about the big picture and uh, and i just kept being like i don't have time for that i'm worried about the micro i'm worried about today do i have the stuff (laughs) i need for her aba session like have I taken her for a walk? Like, you know, it's like, I don't have time for that. And so it's like honoring the fact that everybody kind of, we, we would be like, we don't have to worry about the same thing at the same time. It's not useful anyway. If one of us happens to not be, let's embrace that. Uh doesn't mean you don't care. It just means you're le- managing your stress a little bit. But I think that that actually kind of reminds me of like, how many times people have said things like that to me. And I actually have usually taken it to be the opposite where I say, you're right actually because i do have to remember that like whatever th- things that are challenging for her she is as well set up as a kid could be pretty much like right. we're very diligent we care a lot we're making mistakes we're dropping balls but like she has a good support system she has what she you know she has mostly what she needs and so uh and she's going to learn things from us that are unique like you know any good parent will do with their kid you know it's like she's going to come out of this childhood with being a hell of a storyteller she's going to come out being like already she's like this like a hell of like a warm inviting inclusive person and uh, that would have been the case either way so it still can be and is true now
0: man, I'm getting all teary eyed at this. That, that, <laughs> see, but that doesn't generally happen when we're recording. I'm not usually like moved by, uh, our own, uh, bullshit words, but, uh, wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> go us, go all of us. Um, yeah. But
0: I mean, I, I should also say that there have been times that I have been worried about things since I have gotten my depression treated and, and since time has passed and I've had time to think on this particular exchange. And I do, I actually take comfort in the words, you know of somebody else saying well i don't worry about her because it's a compliment you know Mm -hmm. what i mean it's that's exactly what i mean yeah it's it's somebody saying you know yeah it's you know yes of course it's going to be difficult of course it's going to be you know you have this long road in front of you but but the good thing is you're you and i don't worry about you because you're awesome and it's you know yeah maybe you know maybe i needed to hear that or maybe i just you know needed to chill out for you know the moment which i did i'm very proud of myself that i didn't you know react the way i felt inside and i just sort of said oh well, they probably mean well let's move on
1: yeah that's so. that's always that's always good defensiveness does not help just <laughs> just assume that other person is trying to come at you in a sincere way the um was like I gonna say, yeah, and also a shout out to our friend Jim, um who has often said the just most lovely complimentary <laughs> parenting things to us over yes. the years, um, and who unfortunately, like i um uh, did not have a child as he dearly wished, and so I think has especially been nice it um he never says like you lucky ducks i wish i had one i would take any kid ever always i love kids i wish i had a kid uh, i would take he you know say- special
0: needs and you know have a body and
1: he does he is uh um yeah he's one of those friends that really does remind you like oh right this was a big battle to get her in the first place um, and never lose sight of that. That there's definitely lots of people who struggle with fertility or child loss or all kinds of things that, that would, you know, trade places in a heartbeat. And our kids' extra challenges are um, are just challenges. They don't have to be the end of the world. No. You need to, like, enjoy Make sure you're enjoying yourself.
0: Well, and I mean, the good news is, for, at least for me, I, I can't speak for anybody but myself on this one. The good news is that for me the fears that i had about her differences and her challenges that i had when she was little i'm you know i've talked about this before i'm less worried about her taking care of herself now and because i'm less worried about her being able to take care of herself after i'm gone i see the things that she is i see the person that she is and i'm like wow I wonder, you know, I, I wonder what she would have been like neurotypical, but I'm also like, but there's things about her that probably wouldn't be if she was neurotypical, and I would be sad mm-hmm. not to have gotten that. Yeah, There are parts of her, I mean, you know, this is not a surprise, but she's sort of emotionally a little uh, younger than her age, and that's one of those things that, like, I'm watching kids of her age start to peel away from their parents. It's sort of what I talked about before. Sure. It's like they start, they're starting to form friendships outside of their family, and that's... Proper, and that's right, but it it's nice that we get an 11-year-old that still loves being with her parents. That's
1: still crazy about us. Yeah, yeah, it's like I would like her to have whatever she needs, and, and yeah, I, f- I have mixed feelings about it, too. You know, it's like I'm very grateful for it, but I'm also like, uh, I wish she could, ex- I, I look forward to her experiencing friendships that are a little more, like, confidential or, like, a little more, like, this safe little sliver this other side yeah, of her yeah. life so i look forward to that for her but in the meantime i'm like i get so many more cuddles we're still besties it's pretty great
0: <laughs> yeah and i mean again like i said i was i was a lonely kid too and but then when i got my friends they were my friends for life i mean one of my best friends since i was like four we went and, we just went and saw him in uh, in arizona shout out to patrick yeah You know, I've known him all my life. And, and, uh, yeah. And another one of my friends who I met in like fourth grade and that fourth grade crew that I was talking about, I'm still friends with. And he lives here in LA. And it's like, oh, this is great. I get, you know, another 40 year old relationship.
1: Yeah. So that, which is crazy. It's a really moving thing because I have very few people that I've known anything like that long. So, it's um, moved around a lot. That's what happened there. No no big drama. I think this also leads to like um, just... We were also having a, a a chat about the podcast and what we want to do with it in the future and how we should look at the episodes. So let us know if you have thoughts about this. Like not just topics, but the way that we approach it. If there's anything that you would like to see us do or stop doing, <laughs> let yeah, us know. I mean... But so but we were talking about how it was like, okay, well originally we thought that we were gonna be making this podcast for parents of newly diagnosed kiddos, right? And so we sort of approached our first big chunk of episodes as that, you know, here's what happens when you first find out or you have some signs talking about assessments, different kinds of therapies, you know, the hell of insurance, et cetera. Um, and then over time, uh, two things happened, which is we kind of ran out of those topics. <laughs> and we also discovered that more of our audience tends to be providers, right which is fine. That's lovely. And we are very grateful because anybody that we can assist even it's even if it's and you know even if it's the helpers that's great that's hey, a, that's, that's um, lovely
0: we've gotten the compliment more than once that it it has helped a provider to to see the other side of the family you know they're not it's not just a kid that they're working on and trying to get this result or that result out of they've said oh i can now see what you're dealing with and why having to live with that 24/7 would be tough because I only see it an hour at a time or whatever.
1: Right. And they just see these topics from like a slightly different perspective and they see the detail and because we're, you know, at least decently rested when we record these podcasts, we can give them some insights that they probably don't get from their clients' families because they're exhausted and there's usually, you know, 10 (laughs) minutes that they have to chat about what's going on. And then they're like, yeah, you're right. I'll totally follow up. And then they don't because they're tired or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. So I think we're, so I think what we're looking at is like, I think we're going to put more of an emphasis on having some guests, get some outside feedback uh information coming at you from d- ver- guests with various points of view who are professionals and who are also other parents, family and friends trying to trying to give you a bigger picture beyond just the two of us, but hopefully folks like us that are a little extra uh, just to <laughs> just to make it more spicy for you and also just uh, accepting that it might be a bit more bit less topicy and a bit more like, You know, here's, here's some (laughs) things that we're just going through and keep it, keep it very personal. Still keep it very like, whew, this feels painful to say out loud, but here you go with, you know, our typical sense of humor, hopefully, and lots of cuss words or whatnot, because we refuse to take those away. And
0: (laughs) much to the chagrin of the more sensitive listeners.
1: Yes. But you know, I understand there's, there's other ones though. (laughs) But uh yes. Not I think, like this. Not like this, baby. You don't get this flavor anywhere else. You know. <laughs> Speaking of providers, by the way, since we talked about community, I wanted to offer one last thing, which is um first of all, thank you. Everybody that's listening to this that is helping our kids and your community. You are awesome. <laughs> and if I talk about it too much, I'll cry which doesn't really happen. No, I'm just kidding. It happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, it happens every day practically. <laughs> Constantly crying. I just, I'm just, i just so appreciative of you, and I also want to empower you to, if you see a parent that is struggling, which let's be real, probably all the parents uh, on your Which roster, is all of them. But you feel like maybe they don't have a community. Anything you do towards getting them any kind of community can go a very long way and you're not intruding please don't feel shy about that yeah. because I mean asking can, them was not going to hurt saying, anything. Hey, to, you know, I was, uh, would you like me to set you up with another family so that you guys can have chats? Do you feel like you need any other kind of resources? Like, uh, do you, uh, want me to give you some names of therapists or support groups or, you know, you can group it all together. Like what of these, of this menu of options would you like me to help you with? Don't be shy. I feel like whenever I've talked to providers about that kind of topic, they're always like, well, we don't want to upset people and we don't want to presume. And it's like, you're not presuming. You're just asking along with all the other questions you ask them. How are (laughs) you doing?
0: Yeah. And it's not like you you need. It's not like you can get more personal than you already have at this point. You're
1: in there. A a lot of a lot of y'all are ABA providers. So it's like I know that you're in people's homes. You're watching the worst days. You're watching the best days you're watching all of it you're in you're in the, you're in the shit man you know <laughs> and so i think it is not intrusive to ask one more question so please do every time y'all put on like a mom's night out or a dad's night out or a parent night out or like have the kids watch a movie so the moms and dads can go to dinner or whatever it is like every time you do any of that you have no idea how valuable it is it is huge
0: there was one time i remember that there was that one of the aba uh, places was setting up a saturday night like hey We'll take the kids for you know a Saturday night so the parents can have a rest. And mm-hmm. if your ABA company can do that, then holy smokes, Bullwinkle, you
1: Fancy Dan, wonderful people. That is something that I think is like it. It helps both sides. It helps you. It helps them. It's really a a, a good community builder. You know, I think a lot of the best. Um, companies are the ones that that are you know that don't just dole out the therapy they make it feel like a community and it make you feel then the parents feel i feel like we uh, safer to come with them without whatever their real actual needs and concerns are as yeah. opposed to yes you are right they should have more functional language <laughs> oh yeah and also shout out to jessica our former pt who um who is a champion of constantly building community i mean this lady (laughs) is the warmest the most like i have lists for you of whatever kind you need kind of person she was i mean she was like started a special olympic swim team and and was one of the coaches like Constantly doing little things over Zoom for the kids when we were in the lockdown hell, like just a, an angel on this earth. And I think we've already praised her in this podcast before, but I'll just do it again because I think that is just like even making lists of resources is so such a helpful thing and something you can maintain over time. You know, every time somebody says, oh, you know what, and we really love our equestrian you know, therapy guy or whatever, they're like, all right, I'm going to add this to the list. And then if somebody's like, you know what I think we're going to try is that equestrian therapy. You can be like, I got a guy.
0: Right on y'all. Hope everybody has a happy Thanksgiving. Come back next month. For the holiday season. Oh, and speaking of holidays, holidays also means Allie's movie is coming out. So,
1: yes, go see The Apology in theaters near you or far from you. I'll appreciate both or either. Uh, also on VOD and uh, streaming on AMC Plus and Shutter. The Apology, Christmas psychological thriller written and directed by me. I hope you like me and therefore will go see me film. <laughs>
0: on December 16th
1: December 16th yes
0: and we have a special gift for everybody an interview with an actual expert on ABA you can uh, join us for that interview next time Thanks again for uh, joining us this month, folks. Happy Thanksgiving. If you want to write us, you can reach us at sensoryoverloadpodcast at gmail.com, or you can just go to our handy dandy sensoryoverloadpodcast.com site, click on any of our social medias. Don't forget to go see The Apology in Theaters, Shutter, and AMC Plus December 16th. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, nobody wants to hear your whine.